0: Welcome to the art and science of complex sales. This is a podcast where we explore how the best B2B sales leaders make the complex simple, drive relationships and revenue, and generally elevate the sales profession. In this podcast, we're bringing together sales experts, thought leaders, top account executives, buyers, industry insiders, all to share their experiences and best practices for navigating the complex sales cycle. So whether you're a seasoned sales professional a sales leader, are just starting out, you're going to find practical insights and actionable advice that you can apply to your own sales journey. Plus, we have a bit of fun. You will likely never find Allison Fell unprepared. A top-performing sales professional across multiple industries, Allie learned early on the importance and value of outworking the competition and driving continually for spot-on communication with their clients. A sales star, practice partner in the UK, Ali brings a wealth of knowledge, love of sales, and her proven approach to clients. As she is helping businesses transform the way they sell and the results they achieve. Let's welcome Ali to the program. Hey, Ali, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on.
1: Hi, thank you for having me on.
0: Hey, just so everybody knows, what part of the world are you sitting in right now?
1: I'm sitting in Manchester in the UK.
0: Manchester, I. So which of which of the the football teams are you? What do you go for? I mean, is it city or united?
1: I am a red, so I'm I am United. Um there's we're we're known for two things here in Manchester, the rain and the football.
0: <laughs> yes, you are. The football, absolutely. I guess the, I I probably there's gonna be a whole segment of the UK population that turns off when I say that I've I followed Liverpool for the past like five or six years. Oh, wow. But uh, so sorry, sorry. In I won't adv- hold
1: that against you. Don't worry. Okay.
0: In advance. <laughs> I just started following their, their coach and I was like, wow, he's a he's a fascinating guy. And so I, I was trying to learn a little bit from his coaching style. But that being said, we're talking about sales, not football. So um hey, you have had, I want to dive right in with you. You've had a long and successful career. It's varied over really started in medical medical vices in the medical industry, right? Yes. And then you've taken that, and you've you've also been a sales coach consultant. You've done different a bunch of different industries. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your background in sales? And then, what are some of the really the things that have made you successful in sales that translate across industries?
1: Yeah, um, I started off as quite rightly I started off in in medical devices. Um, prior to that, I was in recruitment. So in in um, healthcare and teaching recruitment and that gave me a taste of of wanting a a little bit more to do with sales um so went into into medical devices thoroughly enjoyed it it's um you know it's not something you take lightly and there's a lot of preparation that is required Um, and preparation is is totally key well for any role really but especially within within sales I would say and during that during that time I think it was the main lesson learned is effective communication, um, you know, open, honest, transparency, and being able to communicate information clearly, understandably. Um, and it's whether whether you're talking to um well anybody within within that profession or um, anybody part of the sales cycle or, or external to the sales cycle, they understand the benefits of why you're speaking to them because you know the, the whole complex sale is around consultative selling. So you know, it's it's not about going in there and selling that widget. It's about understanding what would be their problem that you would solve with your product.
0: So t- preparation. You mentioned two critical things there, uh, and I try to just take take themes from that, from things that you learned. Number one is is preparation, and I find that that's one of the things that salespeople often don't do, even in a complex sale. Tell me a little bit about those lessons you learned and how how that's helped you. Like what what do you do for prep? How do you prep uh, when you're selling, et cetera?
1: If I think back to when I first started out to now. There is a, there's a big, dis, you know, there's a, a big disparency between the two. At the time, I thought I was super prepared, but looking back, I was preparing for the wrong things. I was preparing on product knowledge, knowing that what my product was and rather than going in and knowing what questions to ask to establish whether my product would fit with what their problem was. Now, um, understanding more around consultative selling is to do with, you know, asking those correct questions and delving more into the pain points of the prospect rather than um, understanding and preparing for product demonstration. Um, I'm not saying that product demonstration isn't a good way to go. It has its ways and it, it should be, you know, you should always Show your product, and um, but there's a place and a point to be able to do that.
0: Hey Allison, I have a question about that. So in terms of preparation, there's a ton of product info you need for for medical devices, right? And you have to know the ins and outs and and all sorts of stuff, and you're required I'm sure I know you are required by law in the US even to 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 know a lot of that. but do you need the same rigor? Like in preparing for a sales call, when you're looking at consultative selling, do you need the same rigor in developing the questions that you have that you formerly put into understanding your product? Or do you need really the same level of rigor for each? (laughs) This is what I'm trying to ask.
1: Yeah, I think any good salesperson would be able to sell their product and understand their product fully. But... What takes a uh, what's the difference between a good salesperson and a high performing salesperson would be the difference between knowing your product and understanding your customer um, and understanding your customer's pain points. For instance, I started out in medical devices, where um, the devices one of the devices I was I was selling at the time were sutures. Um, So sutures, they're you know. (laughs) They're not like a, a super sexy product. Um, so you couldn't go in there and say, oh, look, this is my product. And I really jazz this up. Um, Let me but
0: demonstrate, if, demonstrate real quick. I'll do a quick cut in the arm and you just fix me up, doc.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but what we would do is we'd demonstrate on bananas or on an orange um, or <laughs> on fake skin, which again, it's not super sexy to go in and there and demonstrate on things like that. So you would be asking more questions. What type of um, sutures are you using at the moment? Why are you using those? What do you use them for? You know, really, what's the, the, what's the benefit of you using the sutures and what are you looking to get out of them to be able to then match up what your product is with what their requirements are? And if the, the product that you have, because there was a, there's an array of different sutures that do different things, then you know you wouldn't go in potentially. Well, a good salesperson wouldn't go in and sell a sale sell a suture that um, dissolves in twenty eight days when they need that in for life. <laughs> um, you know, what, and imagine if you did. Imagine mm. if you went in there and just sold that. And again, that comes from questioning and understanding what is needed from which procedure. So there is so much. Um, there's so much knowledge that's needed and within that industry when I was starting out and I believe it's still the same we would go away for four weeks so we would be away from home for four weeks to really understand anatomy and ph- physiology and go through complete rigorous training and you know we had to achieve a percentage um on exams otherwise that you know we we, we were not able to continue with employment with them um because that level of knowledge is is required and at the time as well it wasn't called consultative selling but the questions that we were um we were asked to ask and to understand when we were discussing with their consultants was consultative selling and it's only now that I look back and think ah oh, okay now i understand why and the benefits but at the time you know, I was young. I was naive. I was wanting to be the best salesperson ever. So, yeah, I would do. I would do whatever.
0: <laughs> well, that's what's really interesting to me. There is that you said you went away. They send you away for you know four, four to eight weeks. You understand physiology. You have to understand the whole background. Essentially, you go to this mini training, and a lot of times we get into these uh, get into more business to business. Type selling and organizational selling, where you're talking on CEO, you're talking to you know CFO, and and we don't take that same rigor with our our salespeople in terms of just understanding the nature and how to diagnose the business um, on those in you know, those base business skills, you know, understanding a balance sheet, understanding you know profit margins and and how your product can actually help them drive drive revenue or throughput or whatever they're looking to achieve with it uh, a lot of companies skip that step like i think you're really fortunate to have been forced to go through that step of saying yeah here's the physiology and here's how the body works around sutures right you don't want scarring um how are you seeing that in market today how how do you do you do you find that to be an issue with the salespeople you're you're seeing and the companies you're coaching that the, the business basics and that training just needs to be amped up?
1: Yeah, I think um, when you come from a sales background and um, it's within the sales industry, it's probably a little easier to to highlight a few things. You know, if if You're going into a company and um, they're new salespeople or um, people that potentially haven't come from a sales background, um, then the guidance and support there is uh, it's not higher, but it's slightly different. Um, And the reason being is that, again, for everybody to have that full understanding of what is required, because it's very easy to say, you know. Sell me this pen in an interview. And most people will say, Well, okay, I'll sell you this pen. But what's the what are the questions that are being asked around that? And do do the salespeople and sales managers, sales leaders, because not a lot of people do understand the benefits of actual consultative selling versus widget selling. Um, and until that's highlighted and fully understood and appreciated, that's when the, the the growth goals really
0: come come to light. And I'm going to step back for a second. Like when you say consultative selling, let's let's uh, step step back and and lay a definition on people and and um, where you see like what is that to you, and what are the facets that are involved in that idea of consultative selling? Because I know it's more than just it's more than just asking questions, right? But it's a term that gets used a whole lot. And um, I want to understand how you how you use it.
1: Consultative selling to me is becoming that trusted advisor. So you're seen as a um, as a person with the knowledge and support that can help and guide the prospect to where they want to be, rather than a salesperson who is wanting to achieve their target um, by selling the widgets.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So how do you become that trusted advisor?
1: The really good question. Um, One way to become a trusted advisor is to research and to have that effective communication, Um, not to see the first initial call as a sales call. It's there to understand your prospect. And to understand whether what you have as a company will fit with what they're looking for. And at that point, you're not wanting to try and, and try and ensure that your product fits. You're trying to understand if what their paying is fits with what your product, what you can solve. Um, so by delving deeper into um, understanding more about their business, understanding what they're looking for, and gaining more insight then you can see at the end of that conversation whether you're you're both willing to move forward to the next stage um so that's really yeah
0: well i had i had a uh, an interesting conversation with um somebody a couple weeks ago when we were talking about we're talking about preparation as well and it was very similar that trusted advisor question came up there's I think there's this line with preparation that people say like they, there's this analysis by paralysis where you like you think you need to be, you know, over prepared and 48 hours worth of research versus um versus preparing enough that you can bring value to the conversation. So I'll give an example. So um we were talking I was talking with this woman. She she brought a great example. She's like, I, you know, before this conversation with the CEO, I went and I interviewed a couple. I just, I, I went and I interviewed a couple of their end users because I wanted to be prepared so I can come in there and have have that and then ask better questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's also, you can... So what what level... Do you have different varying levels of preparation based on deal size or stage that you're in? Or how how do you... How do you overcome that analysis by paralysis, but but be really effective?
1: I think one thing one thing to prepare for is you know you don't want to go in there and be talking to um, somebody who isn't a decision maker. So you know you can do a, so much so much research, but if you've not researched who the decision maker is, and, and you're trying to Then later on, ask them to make that decision when you haven't gained that from the very outset. Then that, you know, that that goes without saying. That's one of the the main things is to understand the decision making process. Gain a little bit more research into their company. Um, For us, it would be the sales team um, to understand. And also look at the market. Um, Is that a market that you're wanting to work within? Or is this a market that you've never looked into before? So it's outside of your you know your core market. So they're the, the top three things that we would always look for. But one big thing to take into consideration to make sure that being a you go from a salesperson to a trusted advisor is really to listen to what that prospect is saying because you can ask us so many questions and the questions could be written down and you're going tick, tick, tick. But are you actually listening? and if you're not listening, then how effective are you going to be?
0: Amen. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've sat on the sales calls and I've sat on the sales calls and then we've trained where you, you know you you lay out here's the the 12 questions to ask and you you know when somebody's just walking down and they have their checklist and instead of engaging, Yes. Um, when you're working with like younger reps and you're coaching younger reps on this, uh, teaching them to be present in the moment and listen, any any specific tips that you bring bring to them?
1: Don't pro- don't practice on your prospects. You know that's a, a big thing here at Sales Star is role play, and that role play can be super scary. You know, imagine you're a new uh, a new salesperson. You've never role played before, and then you come in and people are asking you to role play, and it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. The, for me, the role play is is a great way to develop and to to gain that self development, and um, because if you're practicing on your prospects, then you're always looking backwards at, at how you can develop into the future for your next, um, customer. But imagine if you've practiced beforehand, that prospect could turn into a customer. So therefore you, you know, you, you're going to hit your target a lot sooner.
0: It's a great, uh, great, great point. Yeah, I like that, that that's, it's not just a line. It's a truth that never practice on your prospects. And, um, uh, I was talking with Alex Chan from sales Star the other day, he made this great point relative to, um, one-on-ones um with sales managers and coaches and and a a manager came to him and said well you know i have five people that's five hours that i'm wasting out of my week when i'm uh when i'm coaching these reps um do you put i guess I'm, i'm this question is: Do you put role playing into those coaching sessions, or do you say there's different role play sessions? How do you break that out and, and arm sales managers with the ability to role play effectively, so they're not practicing on prospects?
1: There's different ways to be able to do that. I mean, one one good alternative which we have suggested and we've also used here at SalesStar is to have role plays in group. So the, the end of week group um, sales meeting, um, and that could be to look at um, things that have happened in that week that maybe the sales team want to overcome. So a topic could be, oh, you know, I'm getting to the closing stage, but I'm not getting anywhere. Then I need some help and some guidance. So let's get all the sales people together and do some coaching and guidance around the closing. And let's have a look at role plays. That doesn't have to be the reps that are doing that. You know, it could be the interaction with the sales manager and with another sales manager or with um, a leader. Or again, it could be um, one of the sales teams, a member of the sales team doing that role play. Um, And it's not about pushing somebody out into the outside of their comfort zone because if somebody really does not like doing role plays, then, you know, it can't be forced upon them um, but there's benefits of watching and being part of that role play as well.
0: That's great. Yeah. It's, it's the idea of practice and continual practice. And I, I, uh, I love that about the sales star approach. And do you mind sharing a little bit about your transition from, okay, you're a top performer, uh, top performer in and all the different, uh, gigs you take in your medical devices and other areas. What hits you that you're like, okay, I want to make sales my passion, right? And I want to become in like a, a an advisor, and I can do this. And I mean, how does that transition work?
1: Um, for me, I have uh, quite personally i I've always looked up to my dad, who is um, a top performer in sales, and he was in chemical. Um, and I, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, I want to be just like my dad. So that was what pushed me, but I didn't want to go down the same avenue. So I took a slightly different path, which was medical. Um, and then, as I, I grew within the different roles and I gained more confidence and um, went into the you know the different structures, I had my own daughter, and I wanted to coach and guide to be able to then show her what was available. Um, so by supporting others that's pushed me on um, to, to really want to continue with that success within sales.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. We were just talking about families and and kids and and be able to really pass that down. That's an awesome, awesome story. And there's so many things like there's so many things in sales that you learn that I had a conversation that, that make you a better person. In general. Yeah. Like I just had a conversation with a gentleman from uh curlin associates. I'm sure you you know OMG and uh but he was talking about relative to he had he had this aha moment. And I mm-hmm. think it's a really cool aha moment where he's sitting in a sales training and he's like, Oh my gosh, wait a second, this could help me be a better son. This can mm-hmm. help me be a better uh boyfriend. This could help me be a better and and he went through this thing and he was like That made him so passionate about it, and then to be able to take that and give that to others. How are you working with with companies like? How does SalesStar work with companies today, and how are you personally, personally helping kind of pass that gift on to others?
1: We work with um, quite a few different industries, um, mainly manufacturing, and it's looking at how to develop and grow um, the sales team, whether that be, um, you know, growth as a as a whole holistic approach. So through the sales team growing in numbers and also growth yeah, with turnover um, or just one or the other. I personally love working with um you know with the with the CEOs of the company who um understand that the sales is 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 the main priority and that's what they're looking at. Um, but want to understand how they can get more from the people um, and that's a, a you know working with our coaches and um, we have some fantastic coaches and um, they're able to to gain that insight um, and really push forward and um, from myself I will work with the CEO um to understand and utilize some of the strategies that we have I'm sure from the the, the many people you've spoken to within sales star you you've spoken about the nine step pathway and gone through the nine step pathway i find that such a, a fantastic visual aid um and really ensuring that every step is is gone through and again that goes through to the the, <laughs> the um uh, preparation yes <laughs> um yeah so it goes through to the preparation and that's what we were talking about at the very beginning. Preparation is key.
0: Hey, you did something just there that I'm going to point out to everybody uh, as a salesperson. Like, there is a difference between... I mean, you were sitting there, you're searching for words, and you're like, Aha, you left it off. Mine's <laughs> gone. I, I say this all the time. And it says, sales is not about the perfect words. Yes. <laughs> Sales is about, you know, it's, it, it's good. It's about being you and being able to be you and have some foibles. And it's, it's one of the things that I, it uh, took me years to figure out uh, was, was that that I can be, I can be Paul. Mm-hmm. And then I love what you're talking about with your, what your coaches do is really helping, helping empower those reps, understand, you know, where they're good, where they're not, where they're, where they're, where they need help, where they need to grow, where they're, what the strengths they really can build on. Uh, and essentially, that ninth step is helping the the CEO do it with the the same type of analysis with the company, right? Yeah. Uh, which is which is fascinating. So, I we're almost at the end of our time. So, I would love it if you uh, were able to tell everybody how people get in touch with Allison.
1: Yep, yeah, um, through Sellstar, uh, Sellstar um, UK, and you can have a look at the the website, and that will guide you through um, the the whole global. And um, part of Sales Star. And um, alternatively, you can ha- contact me via email, which is allison.fell at salesstar.com.
0: And I'm going to give a leading question here, too. Are you on LinkedIn?
1: I am on LinkedIn. Yes, I am here. Yes. Um, I'm trying to post as much as possible. And um, again, this is this comes back to development, self development, um, it's putting yourself out there. At the beginning of the year, I was a little bit. I didn't really want to post as much. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I'll post two, three times a week. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And the reason I asked it as a leading question is because I follow your posts and I love it because you, you really do. I, It's one of the things I can tell you put thought and heart and effort and, and work into those. And I love them. They're just, <laughs> you get some great insights and I, I wait for the next one and I read it and, and uh, I'll generally be a commenter and a liker and that type of stuff. But everybody follow Allison on LinkedIn because she's uh she does some great work on there and absolutely love love your stuff so you. um and and thank you thank you so much for being on the art and science complex sales uh we love having you as a partner we love uh, membrane loves working with you and and I absolutely love getting to know you here and sharing it with the world so any final thoughts for anybody?
1: Final thoughts? No, I just want to really I appreciate you bringing me on to this. Um, I know we met in person um, and it's always good to to continue that relationship on, uh, online. So, yeah, thank you very much for having me on.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, keep shining bright out there. Go out and sell something, which, uh, you know, with Allison is really, what she's saying is go out and, and consult, yeah. be with people, listen, ask great questions. And continue to get better every single day so with with that we will close out the art and science of complex sales for the day have an awesome one thank you so much for listening to the art and science of complex sales this podcast is sponsored by membrane and our partners from around the globe here at membrane we believe that b2b sales is at a crossroads Due to decades of quantity based prospecting, information overload, and really a shift towards efficiency over service and pitching over leadership in sales, customers are saying enough, it's enough. They're tuning out average performers and choosing to take most of the buying journey on their own. This results in up and down sales results, forecasts that are all over the place and salespeople that are half committed due to the fact that they're having poor results and they have an inability to truly connect with customers. We believe the road successful companies are taking to combat this is threefold. Number one, training to create leaders and executives across all areas of the team with strong habits and sales methodologies that bring value. Number two, technology. Technology that focuses and helps a salesperson succeed and reinforces great habits, rather than wasting their time on filling out fields for reporting or wasting their time on spamming customers that have no interest in ever buying. Third, talent. And I'm talking about talent that's empowered and emboldened to make a difference for the customers and their companies. So where are you on that journey? Membrane and our network of partners across the globe are here to help and to elevate the sales profession. We streamline critical technology by combining CRM, training and enablement, and more into one seamless platform. We drive best-in-class methodologies through our partners. They provide the top thought leadership methodologies and resources from across the globe. And our collective efforts are dedicated to recruiting, training, coaching, and empowering and measuring the habits of the top teams in the world to ensure success. Join us at Membrane.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening.